You are listening to the Grow Law Firm Podcast, where each guest shares actionable, practical ideas with you on how to get more clients, expand your reach, and grow your law firm's revenue and profit. Here's your host, Sasha Burson. Welcome to Grow Law Firm Podcast. I have an amazing guest here with me today. Her name is Melissa Griffiths. Melissa is different. Melissa had quite a journey that got her to the place where she is now with her system that is called the science of stresslessness. As a serial entrepreneur and a business owner and the leader of so many teams who wear 17 million different hats, stress has been my middle name for the last 25 years. So when my team brought my attention to Melissa and her brand, which is called Ascension, and they said, hey, her thing is the science of stresslessness. I was like, let's get her on the podcast. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. So what is the science of stresslessness, which sounds like music to my ears, so I hope you can teach me so I can be less stressed out. Well, stresslessness is a term I came up with, and it really is living in a place where we can manage our stress and build resilience. We're always going to have stress in our lives, but what we want to do is be able to manage the stress that we have. And I called it science too, because it's a program that's really based in science. I'm a certified heart math mentor, and I use a lot of the heart math tools and techniques, which have been proven over and over again to help reduce stress in the moment. So it's not about eliminating stress from our lives, unfortunately. That's never going to happen. It is about being able to manage events that happen so that they don't build up to get to a point where it becomes overwhelming in our work and then back in our home lives as well. Very interesting. So our audience, our attorneys, most of those attorneys, I assume, are law firm operators. They own their law firms, their managers. They're executives, and just like me, they also wear 17 million different hats. What we do know about lawyers as a profession, statistically, they're the most stressed out bunch there is. They're kind of pre-programmed, starting at law schools, to be like, very hardworking, always deadlines with major projects that are due, and then the ball just keeps rolling the same way at the same speed all throughout their careers. So it is very common when you talk to lawyers that they say, I am overstressed. I am underpaid. <laughs> I am overworked. And many other adjectives that make it sound like their life suck a little bit. So I think stresslessness and life of stresslessness would sound so fantastic to so many people who are listening to this, but Practically, how do you get to a state where you can experience stresslessness? And I mean, that is the golden nugget. But just to, and I'm happy to talk about that in a second, but just to talk about lawyers and stress, you're absolutely right. And I actually think that that industry, more than any other industry in the US at the moment, has more stress inherent within the industry itself. I mean, you're right. It starts at law school. We've got to get it right. It's an industry where getting it wrong isn't really an option. And we're dealing with deadlines all the time. We're dealing with 
client demands, the hourly billing in itself can be very stressful. And all of that can compound to a point where a lawyer is overwhelmed and is in a point where it just gets too much. So one small thing can kind of push us over the edge. And it's never just one thing. It's always a buildup. So it's about being able to manage the stress and the resilience that comes with that. And so from my perspective, stresslessness is having tools that in the moment you can bring your body back into a state of coherence so that we're building up resilience and that one little thing doesn't push us over the edge. And coherence is when all our systems in the body are moving simultaneously in a natural rhythm. So when we're out of coherence, that's when our heart rate is going through the roof. We might feel pressure in our chest. And of course, that can lead to cardiovascular issues. We might feel our breathing has changed um, because we're in that state of stress, which is all very natural. That's what the body's meant to do when it's stressed. But when we're in a work environment, not being able to control that or manage it is what leads to challenges. So I'm happy to share with you a quick technique, if you like, Please, um, yeah. that I use, and it's from the HeartMath Institute. It's called the Quick Coherence Technique. This is an amazing technique to use in the moment. So you're driving down the freeway, someone cuts you off. This is a great technique to use because, believe it or not, just that one event can start a whole cascade of different stress responses in the body if we don't deal with it. If your kids are driving you crazy, I use this a lot. So it's very simple, and I invite you to join me if you like. You can do it with your eyes open or eyes closed. Obviously, if you're driving, you want to keep your eyes open. Um, so the first thing we do is we bring our attention to the area of the center of the chest, to the heart area. And we imagine our breath moving slowly in and out of the heart or chest area. Allowing our breathing to take a gentle rhythm. And while we're in this state, we make a sincere attempt to think of something that brings compassion or gratitude to our lives. It can be a person, a place, an event, a pet. Something that generates gratitude, compassion, love. And we just breathe that through the heart. And that's the quick coherence technique. It takes 10, 15 seconds. And it sounds so, so simple, but the power of that technique comes from being able to drop into our heart space and then bringing in an emotion because it's impossible to feel frustration, anger, anxiety when you're feeling compassion, gratitude, and love. So just by doing that, it changes the whole biological system of the body. But on, in practical terms, I'm thinking, I'm, a, I'm picturing this. I am an attorney who's in the courtroom and the judge just dealt my case a severe blow. All I can think about at that point are my defense. So whatever it is that I'm working on, mm -hmm. just like falling apart because of the judge's action. I think it would be very hard for me at that moment to just pause, close my eyes, and do this exercise. Well, so can, let me ask you. And, and, and forgive, forgive me for, for interruption here, but I keep thinking that Lawyers, unlike many other professionals, 
they experience spikes in stress levels daily, and I know a ton of lawyers, daily, numerous times throughout each day. So how do you get to that Zen state where you get to a point where you deal with that stress like it's, it just rolls off of you? Right. And I think that's the key that you said. There are always going to be spikes in this profession throughout the day. We can't control what the judge does and we can't control those incidents that happen. But what we can control is how we react to them. And if we're always in a state where every time an incident happens, it generates a response in us that is high stress. And when we're in high stress, our heart rate beats faster our systems start to close down because the point of stress in the parasym in the sympathetic system is to get us out of danger. So when we feel that happen, our body thinks we're in danger. It closes down our digestion. It closes down our systems within our body and it races our heart because we've got to get out of that situation. Now, if that's happening multiple times throughout the day, which it does in the legal profession, we are in a heightened state of stress permanently. And what this technique does, which is very simple, is it switches on the parasympathetic system, which brings our body back into balance. So while we can't manage and control everything that's happening in our day to day, what we can control is how we react to it. Because if we don't, that's when we end up with health issues because our body is permanently in this state of stress. And I think the latest stat I read was that 75 to 90% of all doctor visits are stress-related in the U.S. So what we did, being able to just manage our reaction to things and not letting every single event get that heart racing, get that blood pressure going up, which is what happens in a state of stress, and that's why people are getting so sick. So I hear you. We, when that event happens, it is not fun. But what we can do is we can control how we let that affect us. And just taking 10 seconds to do it with our eyes open, 10 seconds to breathe into the area and just bring our systems down and back into balance makes a massive difference on the physical impact it has on the body. Interesting. I also read a book titled The Art of Not Giving a Fuck. It's <laughs> different from what you're talking about, but falls kind of in the same category of an outcome that you want to achieve. Right. I found that throughout my life, at least the entrepreneurial journey that I've had for, for 23 years now, it is difficult to not give a fuck when it's something that actually means something to you, like losing a case, like losing a client, like something going completely arrive when you were planning for one thing and then something else happens, like an angry client or an employee quitting in the middle of the day or employee just quitting, but they're a key employee and now you have to scramble to replace them, but they seem to be replaceable or any, any type of personal dilemma, trouble, something. How do we, how do we deal with that to get to that stresslessness? And by the way, what, when you talk about health issues, I'm so on board with that. My, my late father passed away 12 years ago. He was a really healthy guy. In every other way, he ate well, he exercised well, and he really knew how to stress for like without an end in sight. And it killed him. He had two heart attacks, and the second one took him two heart attacks within seven days. And like now we know that it's look, there's a lot of cortisol being produced 
by your body. And cortisol, in short bursts, is incredibly helpful. Like when you're trying to run away from an angry bear, and it's incredibly destructive if that's something that you're experiencing for hours every day. So there's definitely plenty of science that says that if you're an attorney, I'm adding that, but if you're frequently stressed out, your lifespan, all other factors held constant, is getting shortened by your mental pattern, the way that you think about things, the way that you respond to things. So I'm so glad that you talked about response and how you can control response. I think it takes a lot of practice. So how do we practice this? Yeah, I think just to touch on that bit about the care piece, I'm not saying when you do this, you don't care. What we're doing is we are taking control of our reaction to situations so that we can take better care of ourselves by taking better care of ourselves, we take better care of our clients. Now, I always preach that this is a, a methodology that works throughout the day. A lot of people do this kind of race at the end of the day. So they work all day, high stress environment. At the end of the day, they might do a, a meditation or a yoga class, which is awesome. But throughout the day, they've built up such a level of stress. You can't kind of binge and then purge stress. So this is all about dealing with it as it happens in the moment. And by doing that, we increase our resilience to stressful events. Like I said, that one thing that can tip you over the edge. If you're in a place where every time something happens, you just, it's so easy. We take a breath and we think of a different emotion. It changes the chemistry of the body. And so it gets to a point where, Stressful events can happen, but we're not having the same physical reaction. And that's what it's all about. Because when we have that physical reaction, like you said, our body's pumping out cortisol. It pumps out over 1,400 different hormones in a stressful event. And they have to go somewhere. And if it's constantly doing that, that's when we get things like adrenal fatigue because body just can't take any more digestion issues because it's closing down the system all the time, cardiovascular things. So it's really taking care of self so that we can show up as better people at work and also in our home lives as well. Yeah, so interesting. A few years ago, I'm thinking eight, 10 years ago, we were recording this in 2023. There was a very voluminous study of attorneys as a field. And that study discovered by a very reputable hospital system. I forget exactly who did that study. But it discovered that not only are attorneys depressed, of all more depressed than most other professionals, but they're also much more likely to abuse substances such as alcohol. So when you talk about like doing yoga after a stressful day, I wonder if many people will actually reserve to alcohol or other substances to bring it all down and numb themselves down. But with this, and I understand why someone who is like stressed out five, six, seven days a week. And average tenure in this field, I think, is something like 20, 22 years. So that really adds up. You really want to take the edge off if you experience that. And when, when you say this exercise, it's simple and you need to continually do it. But also, I know that things that are simple, Tim Rohn said it, the great philosopher that he was, what's easy to do is even easier not to do. Mm-hmm. And, and also, like, I, I did this exercise with, like, while you're here in front of me, sort of speak on the screen, and it didn't bring me instant relief. I think that there is probably some practice that's required to reach the mastery. 
So based on your experience, how much practice is required to reach that mastery, mastery? And the reason why I'm asking about this, I think that most of us are predisposed to try something, see it not work for us, and say that doesn't work for me and move on, whereas most things, most, most skills require a certain investment of time and energy before you reach any type of, not of mastery, but just like decent performance. Yeah, I completely agree. The, the Dalai Lama said that you should meditate for an hour a day. And if you don't have time to do that, you should meditate for two, which I, I mean, I, but I, I also okay. think giving telling people to meditate for an hour a day is not realistic. We're all busy trying to find that time. And then we beat ourselves up and say it didn't work because we did an hour a day and we couldn't find the time. A lot of these apps, I think, can be helpful, but also it kind of takes some of that away from us if we're not doing the work ourselves and not thinking about it regularly. So I don't know that if there's a time limit on when this happens. What I can tell you is the science has shown that when we do these exercises, and then I just told you one, there's many others that we could do. But when we do these exercises, it brings our body into a state of coherence. And that coherence is key to physical long-term health. Now, there's different ways that you can measure. Am I in and out of coherence? There's some great apps out there and um, wearable devices that you can use that actually tell you and beep when you're becoming out of coherence, You know, which can be pretty stressful when a beeping goes and you know you're out of coherence. But I think just having a, an awareness, it's, it becomes a habit. It's like going to the gym, right? or trying to, trying to lose weight, it doesn't happen in a week, but if you make it a consistent practice. So for me, for example, every time I get in the car, I make it a practice to just breathe into my heart space, and that's my habit. Every time I brush my teeth, as I'm brushing my teeth, I'm breathing into my heart space. And finding ways when you can fit it into your day, it just becomes easier. And then you'll notice that you approach things differently. And the the resilience that we have for little things that in the past might have just kind of pushed us over the edge, we, we're a lot more open to being able to handle them. I notice it most in home life with kids around. If you've had a stressful day at work, you can be a little snappier than you would want to be. I think every parent's felt that at some point. So just being able to to build this into the day is is key. And then it becomes so it just becomes habit and then it's not it's not work it's just who i am i breathe right. into my heart space at different points throughout the day um to go back about your piece about substance abuse absolutely and a lot of people do kind of numb at the end of the work day and i'm grateful that the industry is starting to recognize that with mandatory cle classes around substance abuse um but when we do that, it's a form of escapism. We all know that, right? It's not kind of getting into the real cause of it. And again, that has to come from self. We have to be prepared to make that effort. We have to be prepared to lose weight. We have to be prepared to eat better. That all comes from within us. And it's the same with this. We have to, we have to be prepared to want to live a life that is not stressful. Because once we know the damage that stress can do, it can be pretty eye-opening. 
Interesting. So I know that you work primarily with lawyers and accountants. When they come to you, what problem are they looking to fix and how do you help them fix it? Besides this breathing through your heart exercise, which I find just the name of it sounds really nice. <laughs> yeah, most people come because they've been told by their doctor that something's up or, or they yeah. felt it in themselves. When individuals come to me, it's usually from a health perspective. I need to reduce stress in my life because X, Y, Z. Um, when companies come to me, it's because they realize that they need to do something for, for their employees. And it's either coming from a place of there's been an issue in, in, the, in the environment. Maybe somebody's had some mental health challenges. Or even better, it's coming from the top of I re we recognize that mental health is a challenge in the legal industry. And we want to provide tools and techniques for our people. It's really a good, great retention strategy. It does reduce healthcare costs that the science and the numbers have proven that. So it, it really depends. But most people who walk through my door have an end goal of wanting to just live a happier, healthier life. And then the companies can see the impact that that has on their people. And in many ways, it seemed to be a benefit. And yet to me, it should be essential. I think every person who makes manager, for example, they get a lot of training on managerial, how to be a good manager and how to manage time and how to work with clients. But there's not much training on how to recognize signs of mental health challenges in self or in team members. And that's really where I focus is being able to recognize that and destigmatizing the fact that there's mental health challenges in legal profession. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Also thinking about it from perspective of an employer, I'm thinking that if I owned a law firm, which I do not, but if I owned a law firm and there were seven, eight other lawyers who were working for me or my partners, I think that their productivity would probably take hits on a daily basis because they were so stressed out. Now, a lot of high performers think that it's that stress that keeps on pushing them. But I know I've read numerous studies when you are stressed out, continually, not for five minutes at a time, but continually, you cannot be at the top of your game. You will not be most productive. You will not make best decisions. Your, your productivity will definitely be affected. And when you think about it in a time frame of not a day, not a week, but when you think about it in terms of years, if you could quantify the negative impact of not being at your best or close to your best because you're stressed out seven days a week, the adverse impact could probably be measured in millions of dollars in lost productivity. Fewer clients, more mistakes, mm -hmm. worse outcomes, whatever it may be, but it's got to be very significant. Oh, thousand percent. Absolutely. And I think it's getting better, but when I first started in the legal profession, it was almost a badge of honor to be stressed. How long ago I, to was be that? working huh? how long ago was that 25 years ago do, do, don't you think that it's still about the same now i think it's getting better i, I mm. think that companies are starting to recognize it and some firms are paying lip service to it but the really smart firms are actually doing something about it and i also want to add that not all stress is bad i mean there is a thing as such a thing as good stress Stress actually helps move things along. And even emotions like anger can be beneficial in certain situations. 
there's a reason we have the full spectrum of emotions. What we want to ensure is that we're not constantly defaulting to that. And stress, if you think about it, is a concept borrowed from engineering, which is the amount of pressure or load that can be put on something till it breaks. So <laughs> some stress is good. What we don't want is that load to get so much that it impacts us. And that's why, at least in part, there is substance abuse. Right. Because you have to take that load, uh, reduce the load, mm-hmm. and take in substances potentially, very temporarily, can help you take the edge off. Right. And thus, there is the substance abuse. But it's but, by but no means it, it weakens the structure, right? Correct. I mean, it's it's right. the structure, just you just don't feel it. Right. Right? It takes a long time to accumulate and actually cause damage because mm-hmm. you don't see it happening. Just like nobody gains weight after overeating once. Right. Like it takes years to do substantial damage, years. Right. So it's very interesting. So if someone who is listening to this podcast recording, video, audio, reading this, if they wanted to find you and talk to you about this, how would they reach you? Probably through the website is the best way, active-ascension.com. Yeah, and that's A-S-C-E-N-I-N-S-I-O-N, Ascension. Yeah, Ascension.com, yes. Cool. How does the program work? How what, sorry? How does this program work? Yeah, it can be delivered different ways. So individuals usually is once a week for about four weeks to really build up knowledge and teach the different techniques. I also do it in group settings. And the feedback I had was that lawyers don't want to do an hour. Um, Time is money. So I've broken it into 30-minute segments, which can be delivered over, say, a lunch break. And each each segment, we'd learn a little bit about the body and how stress impacts us. And then I teach a different technique that can be used. And it's not one size fits all. Some techniques people resonate with better. But I think having having an arsenal of them and not having different things to, to do is really powerful. Yeah. So such an interesting point that time is money. So they cannot find additional 30 minutes to invest into themselves. Right. <laughs> so which is a serious head scratcher because Clio the largest practice management software service provider in the United States, anyway, Canada. They they have the numbers. I had one of the executives on the podcast, and he told me, Joshua Lennon, it was like, when, when lawyers sign up for our program, we know that they're billing on average 1.7 hours per day, and once they really optimize their workflows and the software, it gets to 2.3 billable hours per day. So there's a lot of administrative and other tasks, other types of tasks, that do not bring in money. But what does bring in money is improving your mental state, right. improving your mindset, improving your business acumen, the things that you invest into yourself to become better at what you do. I've Which seen some law firms. Sorry, I've seen some law firms actually have a code for personal growth and they would put things like meditation and yoga into that. It's almost like having a business development code. Uh-huh. And did they actually practice what they preached or was it just a code? No, they did. They did. Uh-huh. I'll say that the younger employees, like senior associates and below, used it heavily. The partners needed a little bit more training. Different different habits. Different right. habits. Melissa, it was so good to have you on here. Thank you so much. 
Thank you. This is wonderful. Thanks for listening to the Grow Law Firm podcast. If you liked the ideas shared in this episode, help a fellow lawyer out by sharing a link to the episode. This episode is powered by the team of experts in client attraction, growlawfirm.com. Do you want a complimentary growth plan for your law firm? Request it at growlawfirm.com slash blueprint.